so grateful for our worship and arts ministry. This is the third week of having virtual streaming only services and they have been here every week. Amen. They've come on their own accord, volunteered to come to worship so that you, although you may be shut in, that you'll never be shut out. I'm reminded of what I said earlier during our eight o'clock broadcast story my dad told me I share with you before we get into the word. I remember going to him in the midst of some personal things that were going on in my life. And he set me down and he asked me a question. He said, son, do you know what trees survive a storm? What trees in the forest survives a storm? And I asked him, what? And he says, not always the tallest tree. It's not always the prettiest tree. But he says, it is the tree that can bend, but don't break. In other words, it's the flexible trees. The tree that can adjust to a changing element. Tree that may be bent over, but they're not broken. And then he said to me, he says, and then it's that tree whose roots are grounded and usually wrapped around a rock that's under the ground. <laughs> and that blessed me, and I have never forgotten that. And no matter what I have ever gone through, my prayer to the Lord has always been, Lord, give me the strength to adjust. Give me the strength to bend, but don't break. And I say to someone this morning, wherever you are, what you are going through, God says, I'll see you through it. <laughs> we may bend, but we're not going to break. In fact, I declare this, that when this is over, the church will be stronger than ever. Our worship will be greater than ever. Your prayer life will be unlike it has ever been before. Sometimes God bends us on purpose so that we'll know that our hope is not in ourselves, but we are depending on the Lord. So we're praying for everyone this morning, everyone under the sound of my voice. Just know that God is there with you and he knows your name. There's a word from the Lord today that is found in a very special reference of Holy Scripture. It is the 12th chapter of the gospel that has been recorded by St. John in verses 12 through 13. St. John chapter 12 and verses 12 through 13. We're reading this morning from the New Living Translation to get a clearer understanding of the text. John chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, the New Living Translation. And it reads, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A, loud, a large crowd of Passover visitors were there. Verse 13 says, they took branches, 
went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God. The New King James says they shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The New Living Translation says, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Subject for today's message, this very special Sunday. Subject for the message is lifted directly from the 12th verse. It is that second clause of the 12th verse. The subject is on the way to Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem. Sometimes things happen differently than what we expect when we are on our way to a place of destiny. We ask that you pray with us as we share what God has given us to share this day. Today is a very special day throughout the Christian community. Today is known as Palm Sunday. It is the day that marks the beginning of the Holy Week, perhaps the most cherished time on the Christian calendar, Palm Sunday. In fact, there are some who are saying it is very difficult to celebrate this season considering our circumstances and the situation that we find ourselves. And I often tell people that our circumstances or our situation never negatively impacts our worship and praise to God. So even on this Palm Sunday, we find ourselves worshiping God. Palm Sunday uh, was a unique time in the life of Jesus. From this Sunday, which is Palm Sunday, to next Sunday, which is Resurrection Sunday, Jesus experienced many twists and turns, ups and downs in his life. It was a very emotional time for Jesus. There were times, in fact, the week started off with praise, with celebration, and worship. Yet, it ended with betrayal, denial, and crucifixion. One week, listen to me. Oh, how things can change. Started with celebration, praise, and worship. But by Friday, it ended with betrayal, denial, and crucifixion. And all of this began on his way to Jerusalem, a place considered as one of the most sacred places in the world. Uh, on his way to Jerusalem place where even at that moment, thousands of people were there in Jerusalem to celebrate 
the Passover. So Jerusalem to them was a place of celebration. It was a glorious place which they gathered to celebrate what God had done in their ancestors' life. But yet, it was a very painful and a lonely place for Jesus. Our text tells us this. In our text, we see the roller coaster of emotions that those who Jesus encountered went through. I did not say that Jesus himself was on a roller coaster, but those who he encountered, their emotions, what they thought, said, and did, took many twists and turns. That's why. It, it is really important for us to be careful how we receive the praises of others. Knowing that the same folk who can praise you one day can turn around and stab you in the back the very next day. Our text shows this emotional roller coaster that those who greeted Jesus, those who followed Jesus, went through in order to fully understand this text, you would, you would have to go back at least one chapter, and that is the 11th chapter of the gospel that is recorded by St. John. Allow me just to set the stage for you. In that 11th chapter of the gospel recorded by St. John, Jesus had performed what is arguably his most significant miracle. Many scholars called it the, the greatest miracle of Jesus. It was the raising of his friend Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, who lived uh, in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And you know the story of how they sent word to Jesus. Jesus, your friend Lazarus is now sick. And the Bible said Jesus delayed his coming uh, to Lazarus' house on purpose. Uh, and, but when he got there, Lazarus was now dead. Martha runs to Jesus, uh, Mary runs to Jesus, and they both encountered him at different times with the same exhortation. If you had been here, our brother would not have died. The shortest verse in the Bible is recorded in John chapter 11. It simply says, Jesus wept. When Jesus saw the pain that his friends Mary and Martha were going through, Jesus wept. But Jesus told them uh, that his mission was greater than what they thought. And in fact, he, he wanted, needed Lazarus to die so that Jesus' mission can be fulfilled. You know the story. So he goes to the grave and he stands over the tomb of Lazarus and he calls Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says Lazarus came out of the tomb, even still with his grave clothes wrapped around his body. Jesus says to those, loose him and let him go. Now, as a result of that miracle, verse 45 of John chapter 11 
says many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw what happened. Jesus' life changed forever. Jesus' ministry went viral. People from all over were now saying, who is this man from Galilee? We want to know more about Jesus, for he has, he has taken a dead man and brought him back to life. Now, just as excited as some people were because of what Jesus had done, the religious hierarchy was challenged and they were threatened. And the Bible says from that point on, they plotted to kill Jesus because Jesus would threaten their comfort zone and their popularity. But Jesus knew what God had called him to do. And now we see at the last part of chapter 11, it, it talks about this Passover celebration in Jerusalem. I, take note of verse 55. It says, it was now almost the time of the Jewish Passover celebration and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem seven days earlier. But listen to what it says. They kept, verse 56 says, they kept looking for Jesus. Why were they looking for Jesus? Because of what he had done for Lazarus. What we're going to find out in the next chapter is that they were not authentic. They were not genuine. They were not looking to worship Jesus because of who he was. They were looking for what he could do for them. And so thus we get to the 12th chapter uh, of John's gospel. And Jesus now arrives first in Bethany, uh, the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Lazarus is alive, sitting up there fellowshipping with Jesus. Verse 9 of chapter 12 says, When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him, and to also see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. I told you his ministry was now viral. It was, it was now all over. People were all saying, we want to be a part of what Jesus was doing. But did they really? Did they really understand who he was and what his purpose was? And so this was during the season of Passover. This was uh, the Sunday prior to his crucifixion. The Bible tells us on this Sunday, uh, many people gathered beside the road. Jesus borrowed a donkey as the prophet Zechariah had already written. Jesus rides headed, the text says, on his way to Jerusalem, <laughs> riding a borrowed donkey on his way to a place of destiny. Uh, something different would happen than what they thought. But the people were so excited. The text tells us that they greeted Jesus beside the rose. And here is where we get Palm Sunday from. They cut down palm leaves from the tree, spread it over the road, wave the leaves as Jesus rides the road to Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. They began to shout and to sing praises. Hosanna 
the King James says. Praise God, the New Living Translation says. They said, blessing is the one who cometh in the name of the Lord. These folk, the crowd of folk, were all there because they saw what happened to Lazarus. They now understood that Jesus was different. This was no ordinary prophet. He had unusual powers that had to come from God. And you would think, and here's the lesson of Palm Sunday, you would think that they would say, God, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. And we'll follow you no matter where. But when your praise is not authentic, and when your worship is not genuine, it is all about you. They were praising Jesus for what they wanted him to do for them. What they thought Jesus could do for them. They were not there for Jesus. They were there for themselves. They were somehow hoping that Jesus would triumphantly enter into the city of Jerusalem and overthrow the wicked and oppressive Roman Empire. They were hoping that this Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead would go and overthrow Caesar's wicked uh, empire and put them back in charge of their own country. They were desperately, listen to this, not seeking a savior, but they were seeking a conquering king. They weren't concerned about the Lord, the Savior, who can save their soul. They were just concerned about what can you do for us right now, Jesus? Can, can you defeat our enemies? Can, can, can you make a way that our life will get better right now? And so, yes, they praised him on the way to Jerusalem, but it wasn't real. <laughs> And God told me to ask us to ask ourselves, uh, is the praise that we give God authentic? Is it real? Or can we just praise God when things go our way? Or, or are we waiting until the pandemic is over? Then we can say, God, you made a way. Or can you, in the midst of a crisis, Lift your hands and say, I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise will always be in my mouth. These people were looking for something personal from Jesus. They were not there. See, true worship is not about what you can get from him. True worship is about who he is. Because what if he doesn't give you what you ask for? Can you still praise him? Can you lift your hands in the midst of a valley experience and say, I love you anyhow? Can you say, Lord, you're still good no matter what I'm going to? Look at the text. Their tone quickly changed when they realized Jesus' mission did not line up with their expectations. Uh, God told me, what, what happens in our life when we realize that Jesus' purpose doesn't always line up with our expectation. When you expect a new house and God says, I'm going to keep you where you are. When you expect a new job and God says, stay where you are. 
when you expect God to heal your body and God says, my grace is sufficient for you. What happens to our worship? What happens on the way to Jerusalem? See, Jerusalem to Jesus was different than what the expectations of Jerusalem was for them. They thought once he gets there, he's going to be our conquering king. But when they realized that Jesus wasn't there to overthrow Caesar, Jesus wasn't there to defeat the Roman Empire, but Jesus had a greater mission that God gave them. Look at their praise, how it changed. It went from Sunday, Hosanna, praise God, the highest to Friday, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. What a difference. Why? Simply because they did not get what they were expecting. And God told me, God said, even in the midst of this, if things don't turn out the way you expect, can you still say Hosanna? Can you still praise me? Listen, their joy turned to anger. Their praise turned to rebellion. Stop right there for a minute. What happens in our life when our joy turns to anger? I've talked to so many people who are angry at God because God didn't heal their grandmother or God didn't deliver their mother and they went on to be with the Lord. And quite honestly, it was in God's will to do that. They are now angry with God. And their praise, where they were praising him, now they are rebellious. When they were saying, Hosanna, blessed be he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Now they're saying crucify him. They chose a known thief by the name of Barabbas over Jesus. Simply because Jesus did not meet their expectations. And God told me the sad reality is this. What they did not know was this, that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to do something for them that was much greater than overthrowing Caesar. (laughs) Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to do something for them that was much greater than freeing them from the oppressive Roman government. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to free them from their sins. (laughs) He was going to offer them something more than freedom from Rome. Because listen, even if they had been set free from Rome and not free from sin, they would still die and go to hell. Eternal life is greater than anything the world can offer. They wanted a better life for themselves. Jesus' purpose was to give them eternal life forever. Jesus says, I've got something for you that far exceeds your freedom from Rome. Listen, John 3, 16, that iconic verse, uh, the NIV translation puts it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. They missed it. (laughs) They missed it. (laughs) 
on that Palm Sunday, they missed it. Yes, their praise was correct, but the motives were wrong. If their praise had lined up with their motives, if they would have said, we'll praise you all the way to Jerusalem, we will praise that crowd should have followed the cross to Golgotha's hill. That crowd should have been there when he was hanging on the cross. But where was Jairus, who Jesus raised his daughter? Where was blind Bartimaeus that Jesus gave his sight? Where were the ten lepers that Jesus healed all of them? Where was the woman with the issue of blood? Ah, see, we, we all are with him as long as he does something for us. But what about when he needs us? Can we back Jesus up when it doesn't look like he's going to give us what we want? They miss it. They miss the trip to Jerusalem. They thought it was something it never was intended to be. Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem, but I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to free you from something totally different than an oppressive authoritarian government. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he went all the way to the cross. I'm glad that he went all the way to Calvary because he went to Calvary. The son said, because he lives, I can see tomorrow. Because he lives and got up from the grave and endured the cross, we now have eternal life. Jesus did what he was supposed to do. The question for us today, in fact, uh, there are three questions uh, that we ought to consider in this message. Three questions that are all personal. And how you answer these questions will determine your relationship with God. First question is this, do we appreciate Jesus' real purpose for coming to this earth? Do we appreciate the fact that Jesus did not come to be our sugar daddy or our Santa Claus? Jesus came to be our savior. And his purpose was not to, to do all the things uh, that are on our list. Do we, the key word in this question is appreciate. Do we appreciate him? If you appreciate him, then you appreciate him all the time. At home, by yourself, Giving God your best praise because we appreciate you, Lord. That question is personal. I'm here to tell you that those that were on the road to Jerusalem did not appreciate his real purpose. Which leads us to this second question that we must apply to our lives. Can we separate what we desire for ourselves from what the Lord's purpose is for us. Oftentimes there's a difference between what we want 
and what the Lord's purpose is for our lives. Oftentimes we have to come to the conclusion that, Lord, I want the new job, but does it glorify you? Lord, I want the new house in the new community, but is that your purpose for my life? Sometimes God says, I'll keep you where you are so you can be a witness uh, to those that are surrounding you. Can we say to God, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done? Can we separate our own desires for God's purpose? I I had to learn a long time ago, I I stopped making demands on God as it relates to personal gratification. Folk would ask me all the time, what do you see for your ministry? And I would say to them, that is the wrong question. The question should be, what does God have in store for this ministry? First of all, it's not my ministry, it belongs to God. And it's not what I desire, but what God desires. Listen to this, as strange as this may be. Some of you right now are right where God wants you to be. In the house, by yourself, talking to God, communicating with God, worshiping with God. God says, sometimes I have to change the order of things and say, this is not about what is best for your own self-fulfillment, but this is how does this line up to the purpose that God has for you. God has a plan for all of our lives that sometimes runs contrary to what we desire. Question is, when it does, can we separate the difference? Can we say, Lord, this is a desire, but not my will. Let you. It doesn't mean that we don't make our desires known to God, but we should end every prayer by saying, not my will, but let your will be done. Uh, Paul says, I went to the Lord three times and I said, Lord, I've got a thorn in my flesh. I've got an illness. I've got a situation that I'm dealing with. He said, and as I went to God, God told me, Paul, my grace is sufficient in your times of need. In other words, whatever you're going through, I'll give you the grace to go through it. Some of us don't realize that what God really wants for us is to be an example of how you can go through it and still hold on to your relationship with God. Though he slay me, Job said, yet will I trust him. We've got to hold on and say, God, I I, I want you to do it. I, I, I desire you to do it, but I know the difference between what I desire and what your plans are for me. The question is, can we separate the difference? The first word in the first question was appreciate. Second word in the second question is, can we separate? Can you appreciate God? And can you separate your wishes from God's plans of your life? And then the third and the final question, and it goes towards the crowd on the way to Jerusalem. Will we continue? The key word is continue to praise him 
when things don't turn out our way, when we do not get what we had hoped that we would get, or when it doesn't live up to our own expectations, is your praise fickle? Is your praise sometime? Is your relationship with God, which generates your praise, all based on you getting what you want? Or can you bless God at all times? Can you praise him when, when, when nothing goes right in your life? Can you say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? Can you trust God when you can't trace God? Can you bury a family member and say, God, I still love you? Can you lose a job and say, God, I still praise you? Can you know that things haven't gone the way you desired them to go and there's less money in your paycheck, but say, Lord, I still praise you? Can you praise God in the midst of a crisis, even when you don't know how things will turn out? Is God still good all the time? All the time, God is good. In fact, we ought to confuse the enemy, and we ought to save our best praise for the worst times in our life. When others say, I'm pulling my hair out. When others say, I, I, I'm climbing the walls. When, when, when others say, I, I, I don't know how I can make it. And they say, what about you? And you say, I had the best time. I've ever had because I had time to get on my knees. I had time to call on the name of the Lord. And I had time to praise God to the highest. Hosanna is not conditional. Hosanna is unconditional praise to a loving, everlasting, eternal Father. So the question is, can you praise him through this? Can you worship him through this? Somebody sent me a text and I said, Pastor, I miss church and God knows I miss seeing you guys. I wish you were here. And it says, I'm saving my praise to when I get to church, we're going to have a time. And I had to say, let me correct you on one thing. We are having a time. Uh, you may not be here, but God is still good all the time. Don't say your best praise for when you come back. Just dance in your kitchen and, and dance in the family room and cook your meal and say, oh, what a mighty God we serve. Uh, I found myself yesterday saying, Savior, Savior, don't pass me by praising God and say, God, I bless you and God, I love you and what a mighty God we serve and Thank you, Lord, for one more day. And, and, and I told the enemy, if you think my best praise is when I get back, then you are mistaken. Because all of us can praise God when the pandemic ends. But how many of you can praise God in the midst of what you're going through? Don't know how it's going to turn out. But I love you. I praise you. I lift my hands to you all over my house. Your house is your sanctuary. Can I say it again? Don't mistake it. Your house 
is your sanctuary. Somebody sent me a note and said, Pastor, I needed an altar and I wanted to kneel down and I kneeled down at the couch. And I went in the restroom and I kneeled down at the commode. And I went to the bed and I kneeled down at the bedroom. I said, look at God. Because when you were in church, there was only one place you had to come to the altar. Now God says, I'm making an altar to every place in your house. Every place you go is an altar. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I lift my hands, declare and decree that God will save your family, that God will turn things around. And God, until you do it, I'll give you my best praise. And so listen to this. As we conclude, prepare to conclude this message. Consider these questions. These are the questions that God is asking us. Consider this. Do we appreciate who he really is? Can we separate our desires from God's purpose? Jesus in that garden just before his betrayal, said, Lord, I, I don't want to have to endure this cup. This is a heavy cup, but nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. On the way to Jerusalem, God's going to do something greater than what you expect. <laughs> Ooh, I need you to hear this. God says, and, and the blessing is in the process. The blessing is just going through what you've got to go through. Going through the fake praise. Going through the denial. Going through the betrayal. Going through even the crucifixion. God dropped something in my spirit two days ago sitting at my desk at my house. And God says, if there was no crucifixion, there would not have been a resurrection. <laughs> I says, I got it, God. And he says, I'm going to give you the beginning of this, but I'm not going to finish it yet. And I need everybody to hear this. If there was no pandemic, there would not be a Dot, dot, dot. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. God says the crucifixion made the resurrection special. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. And God says your trials and your tribulation is going to make something special in your life. God says, I'm going to do something in your life that is going to be special. And here's the key to all of this. You really can't appreciate it until you look back over it. <laughs> until God has brought you through it and you're able to see that three, those three weeks that I stayed in the house, God did something special. In my life, Ooh, God turned it around. And maybe those fake validators that we thought we needed so desperately, 
because you have not had a chance to be in their presence. God has taught you something. God says, on the way to Jerusalem, something different than what you expect can happen. But it's not always enjoyable. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it is even confusing trying to figure out how things are going to end, what is going to happen. But I've learned to trust in God. I've learned to praise God. And my Hosanna is not conditional any longer. Lord, when I say to you, Hosanna in the highest, let the king be lifted up. It is because I love you regardless of what you choose to do. Here's a challenge. Are we willing to go all the way in Jerusalem, through Jerusalem, the purpose of Jerusalem? For Jesus, are you willing to go to the cross for him Ooh. and watch God turn it around? Watch God say, I'll bring something good. See, I am so glad that Jesus wasn't easily discouraged because if he had been, he was still human, although he was divine. If Jesus was easily discouraged, then perhaps he would have said, all that I have done for so many people, where are they? As sad as it is, even Lazarus was not at the cross. (laughs) Think about it. John outlines those who were there. The apostle John, Mary Magdalene, the mother of Jesus, and a few of the other women that were there with them. Where was Lazarus? Where was Bartimaeus? But I'm so glad (laughs) that didn't discourage Jesus. Here's my point. You cannot allow yourself to be discouraged when those who you think should have your back don't show up. God's purpose is greater than you being validated by folk who you think should be there for you. Because when God validates you, (laughs) you don't need anything else. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, whither shall I go? Hosanna, in the highest. Israel hurting from Houston, Texas. Joel Osteen's church wrote this powerful song. Let our king be lifted up. Hosanna. Let us declare he is king. Hosanna in the highest. Here is your challenge, wherever you are right now. Can you say it and mean it?
God, I'm with you all the way. Stop what you're doing right now. If you can just lift those hands. As we invite you to this virtual altar, wherever your altar may be, in your house, maybe you pull your car to the side of the road. God is speaking to you. He says, on the way to Jerusalem, I do something greater than what you ever expected. You asked me to free you from Rome, but I am freeing you from sin. I am creating an opportunity for you to access and to have eternal life. As the praise team blesses us with these words, listen. those hands if you can block out everything that was going through your mind and you just worship God on your feet wherever you are right now lift those hands open your mouth and tell stay right there We worship you this morning in the highest. Lord, I lift you up. Let our keep, oh God, be lifted up. Can we take it up? Come on, come on, if we mean it. with us this morning. Yeah, yeah. Stay right there. Say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna.
listen, listen. On the way to Jerusalem, our true intent is revealed. <laughs> what Jesus already knew was that just because they were calling his name did not mean they appreciate who he was and what he was going to do. Some of us are finding ourselves in a difficult situation. The question is, is our Hosanna for real? The praise that we give him, can we consistently praise him? In fact, today, can you praise him today like you're in a worship sanctuary packed with people? Because this is when your worship is for real. <laughs> Nobody is to see you dance. Nobody is to see you lift your hands. <laughs> but when I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah no matter where I am and say hosanna. There's a number on that screen. 888-776-1238. And some of you right now, perhaps you were and you are a little disappointed that God would allow something like this to happen. I can't tell you the number of calls, texts I've received from others who have had others ask them this question, Brother Bill, that says, if God is so good, why did God allow this to happen? Somebody even said that I, I don't know if I can serve a God that would allow this kind of tragedy to happen to innocent people. <laughs> and I says, that's our on the way to Jerusalem experience. What if he doesn't answer it the way we want him? Can you still serve him? Can you still bless him? Somebody right now, your relationship with God needs to be deeper than the things God do for you. The thing God will do for you when you ask him. What if his answer to you is what he said to Paul? My grace has to be sufficient. You have to rely on my grace even if you don't get healed, if you're not delivered. I've served notice that the God we serve is able. And in case it doesn't happen the way we expect, guess what? God is still able. That is my prayer. That is my praise. And so pick up the phone wherever you are. If you just need somebody to talk you through it, you're not sure about where you are with God. You just, you need somebody to hear you out. You need to just vent to somebody. Call us. <laughs> but more importantly, if you want to give your life to the Lord, what a great time. What a great time to say during the 2020 pandemic, I turned my life over to the Lord and I became who God wanted me to be. I did what God expected of me. You can do it right now. This can be the greatest moment 
in your life. I said to a friend of mine that God is even rearranging how we preach. Bill and I were talking about it the other day after the service. I said, what, what, what God has said is that you don't really need to feed off the audience. You can feed off him. <laughs> and what is so important more than anything else is what God has to say. I believe God is speaking to millions of people that are shut in their houses and otherwise would not even cut on a computer or a smartphone to hear God's word. Now they're hearing multiple services from different ministries all over the world. The word is getting to folk. Just on last Sunday alone, over 25,000 people at some point logged into this service. This would not have happened if it had not been for the pandemic. So here's what God said, praise team, and I want you to hear this, because God says, yes, it inconvenienced us, and it's difficult stand here in this kind of setting and preach your heart out and sing your heart out. But you're reaching people beyond the 2,500 people that this sanctuary can sit. We said 2,500, but last week, 25,000 at some point clicked on. Ooh, but God, God said you can thank the pandemic for that. And you can thank what God has done. And God says, I, I've gotten somebody's attention. And maybe on the way to Jerusalem did not turn out the way you expected. But God accomplished a great mission. <laughs> uh, he did something that he knew he would do. And that is offer his only begotten son, Jesus, as our savior. As our token for sin. As the innocent blood that had to be shed so that we can be redeemed. Call, pick up the phone, send us an email. Right now, wherever you are, pause and lift those hands to the Lord. We're going to play, pray this prayer. And the great thing about this modern technology of virtual streaming is that as I pray here in Columbia, my cousins who are in New York City that are fearful for their lives can touch and agree. My cousins that are in Los Angeles whoo, that are shut in can touch and agree. A military family that's in Germany that's worrying about the safety of their family can touch and agree. God's doing something. God says, I'm doing something. He says the trip to Jerusalem was not what they expected, but it was what God had planned in order to take it worldwide. Listen, last point. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, the ministry of Jesus went virtual in that region. <laughs> but because Jesus was raised from the dead, the ministry of Jesus went virtual worldwide. <laughs>
And it never would have happened if he had not taken that trip to Jerusalem. Ooh. He knew that on his way to Jerusalem, I'm doing something that God had ordained me to do. Close those eyes, if you will. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for this awesome experience. Thank you for this service. Thank you for making it possible so that we can stream this to so many people. Lord, we virtually touch and agree that it is already done. Help us to be able to answer these three questions. Help us, Lord, to be able to not only appreciate, not only can we appreciate, but to separate and we can continue. God, we can appreciate what you've done. We can separate our desires from your will and we can continue to praise you even in the midst of a pandemic. Ooh, this is our praise. Somebody somewhere right now is giving their life to you. Perhaps that would not have happened if they were not shut in their house right now. So we say thank you, Lord. Thank you that the trip to Jerusalem was not in vain. <laughs> we praise your name, give you the honor, and give you the glory forever and ever. Hosanna. Ooh. Higher. Come on, lift you higher. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, you be lifted. Jesus, you be lifted higher. We lift your name higher. higher. We lift you higher. higher. Jesus, you be You Listen, just before we have our closing prayer, let me say that there are many of you on this first Sunday, perhaps you're wondering what is going to happen to Holy Communion. I want to remind you of what the scripture really says. The Bible has never dictated to anyone to have communion every first Sunday or once a month or once a week. But Jesus says, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. And so if it's not done the first Sunday in April, if it's done the first Sunday in May or the second Sunday in May, or whenever it's done, it's done to the glory of God. So in case the enemy thinks that there is some victory in keeping us from communing with God, we want to remind the enemy that we commune with God every day. Every morning we do. And we believe that God's going to do something great even as a result of this. Again, thank you. Ooh. Join us on this Tuesday night for a very special Bible study that's entitled The Promises of God During a Time of crisis. There are three promises. First one we shared last week 
Second one we will share on Tuesday. Last week, we said God will keep you in perfect peace. This Tuesday, promises God will provide all that you need. And yes, he will. And we know that he will. Join us this Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. Thank you for this glorious day in the Christian church, a day in which we celebrate the beginning of Holy Week, this Palm Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to continue to minister despite the circumstances and the situation. Now bless everyone that's joined us this day. Continue to walk with them, keep them, and touch them. Let their praise be praising God to the highest. For he is Hosanna, regardless of their situation. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us and those and those wherever they may be, now, tomorrow, and forever. And all that are under the sound of my voice, join me by saying amen. Amen. This is Pastor Darrell Jackson. I want to thank you for joining us in our virtual service. Thank you for just being a part of that service. And again, want to remind you to call your friends and neighbors and tell them to join us next time that Bible Way is streaming live every Sunday at 8, every Sunday at 11, every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. And a very special thank you for all of you that are continuing to contribute to this ministry through your offerings, Bible Way members through your tithe, our friends through just a general offering. Let me remind you again that if you are a member of another church, please tithe, please send your offerings there. They need you more than ever now. We all are going through these very difficult times. And so as you enjoy us, uh, bless your own local ministry. God will continue to bless you. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you the next time live here at the Bible with Church of Atlas Road.